Welcome to the Revolve Recap Weekly Podcast, where we help the members of Revolve Church deepen their connection to God, His family, His mission. This is David McCumber, and back once again in the Estados Unidos. Bienvenidos. Soy Bill Lackey. Welcome back, Bill. We are going to get recapping for our people, our fans of the recap. What's going on today? What are we going to talk about today? I guess mostly we're going to talk about Greece. Greece, talk about a little more, a few stories, you know, some big takeaways. Yesterday was kind of like a a sprint. I had it was literally skipping over things in my notes. So I think um, we're going to spend some more time talking about Greece. I think that's probably the big thing. All right. Well, if you like Greece, you like stories, you like Greece stories. You miss me. You miss Billy. Greek Especially Billy. Greece Billy. Greek Billy. <laughs> Greek Billy. Greek Billy's unlike He's anything so relaxed. else. Yeah. He's so relaxed. Are we still going to do a question of the day? We, ha- we are going to do a question of the day, and I'm prepared for it. Let's hear it. What's the question of the day? One word to describe yourself. Whoa. That's it. That's actually the answer. Whoa. <laughs> That's it. Like people, they observe <laughs> they me. You and they're just like, wow. wow. Oh my goodness. Whoa. I just can't believe it. Yeah. My, that's really your answer? Yours could probably be the Mine same. Mine was uptight. Your, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you're mad that my uh, answer is, whoa. Mine was, that's what I was thinking. What word? One word. And the only word I could think of was uptight. But not Greek Billy. No, Greek Billy's so relaxed. Greek Billy is just less uptight. Do you know, do you know, um, People can watch this podcast as well. I was going to suggest that uh, we point that out. If you guys have this, there's this thing on the internet called YouTube. I mean, we have like 110 subscribers, David. So obviously some of you all know it's out there, but you can watch us go through this podcast. It's the same thing, except that you get to look at our beaming faces and see our reactions. Um, And and, And you go, whoa. And you go, wow, whoa, uptight. Whoa, uptight. Yep. Man, I I don't want you to think bad thoughts about yourself, Billy. But you are a bit a little uptight. Yeah, I know. It's okay. I, know. I don't know what to say about it. That was the word that came to my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Prepared? Prepared? I'm really not prepared, though. I can't even tie a bowling knot. I hope my dad doesn't listen to this and mm, hear that. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. He listened to the first one, but then he was just too disappointed. But then he was like, <laughs> "Whoa!" <laughs> it could be like it could be like, "Whoa!" Or it could be like, "Whoa!" You know? <laughs> so it could be, "Ah, uh, whoa!" No, like, yeah, whoa. Like, wow, whoa, yeah. Okay. It really could be numerous things, but uptight is uptight. No matter uptight is no matter what way you cut it, it's uptight. All right. So yesterday we were on the dock. At two mile, we're getting ready. We're getting ready to go on the dock. We're not on the dock yet. Yeah, when are we moving over? Uh, it's like normally mid-May. It's after they get the... Um, I, it's like funny to think of it's normally when, because we've been there so long now. Thank you, two mile. Um, it's kind of uh, when they put the canopy up and that kind of stuff. And get the, you know They have to do all that stuff first, so okay, probably mid-May. All right. Well, Billy gave his recap of, of what went on at Greece. Uh, in Greece, on Greece, all of the things. 
And I think my big takeaway from the sermon, it was it was a mixture of a sermon and a recap. It's like a story. Yeah, so today we're technically recapping the recapping recap. Recapping the recap. The yeah. recap squared. But one thing that stood out for me was 2 Corinthians 2.14, and you talked about, man, I'm not going to be able to remember the exact uh, the wording, but it was walking in the glory of the Lord. What was the triumphant procession? Is that what you're looking for? That was the word I was looking for. It's actually in my notes. It's right in here. your notes. Yeah. Yeah. But that, you know, we, and we're going to talk about this more today, but that we, the work is done on the cross and everything out past that is like, is like a bonus. Bonus. It's like, that's, it's the dessert. That's right. And it's like, if we don't if we don't have these miraculous experiences and we don't see God working that's okay we do we are you know you watch the sunrise you're seeing God work and you know the heavens declare the glory of the Lord but to be able to experience these things like we experience in Greece and we experience you know I don't know it's we can't chase the experience because the experience was Christ's work on the cross. Everything else is just extra. I'm mm. starting to ramble. I apologize for that. But, you know, I was reading Acts 3 this morning, and Paul, or Peter, he uh, heals the, the lame beggar at the gates. That's not a nice thing to say about someone. He was so lame. <laughs> the and, guy who uh, couldn't walk. The guy who... It, it says lame I in know, the Bible. I am just picking on you, Dave. Oh, that's not very nice. After all the nice things I've been saying about you the last week. Super. And uh, and everyone's like, "Whoa, look! Look, he, he healed that dude." And he's like, "Don't look at me. Look at Jesus. Yeah, he's the one doing the work. I didn't do it. Yeah." And um, you know, so that's that's the danger when we get too excited by some of these miraculous things that 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 you experienced is that we can get too excited about the experience or the people in the experience rather than the the Holy Spirit and the work behind the experience. Hmm. So that was my big takeaway. My big takeaway was I was really tired. Yeah, well, it's what it's like being a world traveler, Billy. Yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, I they call just, you jet lag Billy when you're not around. Jet lag Billy is what they call me. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff. So how would how would we apply? You know, on our on the ground, how hmm. do we apply that? Gina's on the ground. That's her segment, right? That she was loves her it. idea. Gina's was her. Gina's segment here. Um, so I think we, Gina said she wants to start a podcast. So like, she can interview you. So we can have another. So because David refused everything to be that, interviewed. Everything that we leave out of this podcast, Gina's going to do in her podcast. What would the podcast be called? Friends with Gina. Friends with Gina, and they did like have a little Central Perk coffee bum, cup. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they would they would so talk about friends, but then they would also talk about friends. Yeah, everything would be a Easter egg reference to friends. Yeah. Pivot. Yeah. Yeah, and like I wouldn't it. get any of it because I never seen the show. Yeah, well, it's because you're sheltered. Well, my parents love Jesus, I guess. I don't know. Gunther could serve us coffee. That'd be great. So on the ground, Gina's segment here. How do we apply this week's sermon? Um, well, I think up, we apply this week's sermon by marinating with Jesus. You know, abiding, however you want to put it, um, enjoying. You know, now that Christ has torn the veil, with confidence drawn near. That's the look up. Look in God's family, the church, I think, realizing that 
um, like I, one of my big takeaways was the idea of at the end of the day, what do you need for church? You need the word of God, the spirit of God and one another. Yeah. And so just realize there's beauty in one another. And that is, that is the essence of the church. And so I think, I, guess, al- yeah. I think also looking in is celebrating the, the work and the testimony you see. Um, in one another. In one another. Like when you see the change, you see the growth. I mean, right. you and I have discipled, you know, men throughout the throughout the ages. Yeah, at least we, at least three. Yeah, and we see a change, and that's that's yeah. the work of the Holy Spirit, not our work. Well, and also I was going to say another thing that I want to mention later in the podcast is we saw this trip, we saw the plurality of gifts at work in this trip, even among people who didn't go. I can't wait to hear about that because it's really exciting. I'm going to make a note of it because I think I'm going to forget. Okay. And then looking out, I think, is is being aware of, of what God is doing um, within, you know, within our ministry partners and and realizing it's not, it's not the methods, it's not the DMM, the DBS, all those yeah. things. It's the work of the Holy it's Spirit. It's about prayer walking. It's about... Being available as you are going, make disciples. Yeah, right. So, well, uh, we got some Q and A's. We got a bunch of Q and A's. Some of them are self-imposed Q and A's, just kind of prompts for David and I to have discussion. These are the type of things the uptight people need. Yeah, they need prompts. You ever watch Chosen? Yeah, yeah. So, that's actually the only thing I watch. As it. <laughs> The Chosen and then the Passion of the Christ. On repeat, repeat. those two things. Chosen, Passion of the Christ. I mean, if those were good enough for Jesus, they're good enough for me. Um, You're Matthew. You are Matthew. No, I actually was going to say that because I was thinking uptight. I think maybe I'm more like Peter. You know, like Peter's always getting upset at everybody because they're like doing something wrong or... Yeah. Matthew's a little bit... (laughs) He's a little even further than me. Yeah. I think he's got Asperger's. Yeah. Pretty sure. What I want to do is we can, <laughs> we can, if we get people watching on the YouTube channel, they can leave comments. You guys, can you leave comments right now? If you're if you're watching this on YouTube, I want you to say which chosen character you think we're most like, and maybe tell us which chosen character you think you're like as well. And smash that subscribe button. Smash that. <laughs> Hit like now. All right. So first Q&A is... How, and this is really practical. This is a practical question. I'm ready. How do you know where the refugees are? You're the on tents. the island. The tents. You see the tents? I'm just kidding. There's no tents anymore. No. It's too soon. How do you know where the refugees are? You were sharing yesterday yes. that you were driving around looking for refugees, and then you saw some refugees under a, a tree. How do you know where they are? So any so the the camps they have um, now it's different than it was three years ago. So you go to any of these islands, Lesbos, Kios, Kos, Samos. There is a refugee welcome center, whatever they call it. It's basically a prison. Um, you go up and there's barbed wire fence all around it, and there's like two buses parked in front with Greek police. It's really strict compared to when we were there before. Like now they frisk everybody who goes in and they look in their bag. So the refugees aren't even allowed to have like a pocket knife. Like it's very different than it used to be. Um, but they're all in what are called ISO boxes, which are basically like shipping containers that have been retrofitted to um, kind of transform into a home. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? 
So um, like what van life people do for tens of thousands of dollars here in the States, that's what refugees have to do in ISO boxes. Um, But that's where you see them. And then what you do is you can't go in there because you're not a government worker. Like you don't work with the UN or something like that. And so then you realize that um, the refugees are always in and out of the the camp because they're going down to the shop to buy groceries or they're bored. They're walking around, they're riding their bikes. And so then you just look for different people um, who look like refugees. And so um, what do refugees look like? Well, um, Syrians kind of look like your classic Middle Eastern person. Um, They just have a very distinct Middle Eastern look. They look like the cast of the Chosen. They look like the cast of the Chosen. There you go, David. Good reference. Um, Afghans look Asian. So like if you think of an Afghan, now Afghans, there's Tajik um, Afghans, there's Pashtun, there's Hazara. Those are like some of the big three. Um, But when you think of Afghans, um, most of the Hazara and Tajik get Afghans. They look Asian. Like you'd think they were from Mongolia or, or something like that. They have like a rounder face. And um, I think that the Pashtun can look a little bit more like what you think the Afghans look like according to like, you know, an Arnold movie or something mm-hmm. like that. But basically they look Asian. Africans are African. That's pretty self-explanatory. Um, and so Africans, Afghans, Syrians. Yeah. I guess those are pretty much the main yeah, demographics. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's Iraqis. And yeah, Iraqis Iran. will look more like uh, Syrians. Yeah. You know? I mean, Greeks, look, Greeks look like Greeks, okay? Yeah. And it's not like, this isn't like the United States where you're driving around New York City and you're like, well, who's a refugee? Yeah. It's like Greeks look very Greek. Yes. They look Greek. Okay? Yeah. And, and it's not like not like New York City. Or is that person hipster or are they homeless? No. Like, yes, it's like you it's can like, tell by the way they dress. This isn't a, a fashion choice they're making. Right. You know, right, they're not right, being right. ironic by wearing like everyone's wearing a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. No, yeah. that is. Right. That is they are refugees and someone came and gave T-shirts yeah, away. The five, so. the 5K that you ran three years ago and then donated the T-shirt. Now there's some guy in Lesbos wearing it. Yeah. So that's usually pretty good, a pretty good giveaway. Yeah. So. Um, so here's a good question. They're the only minorities on the island. Yes. I mean, if I can just be put that blunt. Yeah. You probably could have just said that right off the beginning. <clears throat> well, I was trying to be tactful. I know. Yeah. Because you're... Tactful Billy. Tactful Billy. That's the... They don't call me that. They All don't. Right, next. Well, here we go. Did you feel any emotions there, Mr. Tactful what are Billy? You, are you suggesting that I'm an emotionless person? <laughs> I feel emotions. Did and you then, feel emotional visiting Moria again? Yes and no. I think that I would have felt more emotional two years ago or a year ago. I think that I've been removed from it enough that it's like I knew nobody was there anymore. A year and a half ago, the camp burned down. Um, I was expecting to find more like trash. Yeah. Like I was actually a little bit super, not surprised, not surprised, I mean, way of saying it. The Greeks did a really good job cleaning up. Yeah. Um, well, and just to give everyone some context who's listening or watching, I mean, you have to understand this uh, this camp, this Moria that we talk about, this was the experience that those of us who went into the camp, and there's probably 10 people from the church, maybe 10 or 12 people from yeah, the church that, have, that probably. have gone through Moria camp. And Bill described it yesterday as, you know, the, the gateway to hell. What would you call it? Threshold of hell. Threshold of hell. 
Like and the, it was just like National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. The the conversations that we had, the things that we witnessed, the the threats of death. Um, no exaggeration. No, um, I mean, the sitting in tents and and seeing bruises and cuts of of the fights abuse the and before. fights and it was a very emotional time, which I think gave us a emotional connection to that place. So I think that's where that question's coming from because yeah. we had such an emotional. So you think about a place like this is I think the only thing I could relate it to in the United States would be like the Vietnam War Memorial. Yeah, or the or Twin the, Towers. You have this emotional whenever you go to, you know, the middle of Manhattan, you're going to think of 9-11 and have an emotional response. Yeah. I think it's very similar for us who went to Moria and now to be able to see that as regrown. But something you said that really stood out that I, I thought was really powerful was about, you know, God reclaiming this. Yeah, it's like a resurrection. God is the the foliage has taken back over. You never would know there had been a refugee camp there. Yeah. Um, if you didn't know before, you would just show up and you'd just think it was a overgrown, ill-kept olive orchard. Yeah. You know? I wonder if the... Um the life jacket graveyard is still there. I was wondering that too. I was almost going to ask Justin if he wanted to drive out to it. Yeah. That was another really emotional. See, I mean, I it was, a, I never went. You didn't go. No, I was meeting with Josh. Yeah. So this was a field that was it's like a couple of football fields. It was, it? it was massive. It was probably 10 football fields and probably 10 feet deep of just life jackets of, you know, the thousands upon thousands, hundreds and thousands of people who came over. And it was really just another one of those emotional experiences to be like, what was this person fleeing from? Mm -hmm. So, well, let's keep going. Bill and I will start crying. Getting emotional. Yeah. Um, Are there any trip potentials in the future that you see? I mean, you went Mm -hmm. as kind of like a reconnaissance. Are there any opportunities for us to go back? So I think that... um that's a really good question, and I think that it really depends on the person. One of the things that I think I realized coming back this time was that that God has given His people, He's given gifts to the church, a plurality of gifts. And so I think that, do I think there is a potential to like send a group of five people to go to Moria or to go to Caratepe for a week? No, there's not. Um, your relief requires you to to volunteer at least for a month, and they prefer three months. So if there was a family or a, a couple or somebody who could get off work and they want to go for a month to three months, yes, absolutely. Depending on your gifting, your personality, and your maturity, um, you could either apply to your relief and we could get you into the camp and you could volunteer there for a month to three months, or um, maybe you could help out in the Oasis Center um, and do just some more spiritual development, or you could say, I want to teach computer programming for six weeks, and you could help set up a course, that kind of stuff. Those things are all um, possibilities, but those really are going to come down to like the calling of a person. Like Someone's going to have to feel the call for that. We're not going to recruit a trip of 10 people to go. And it's just whoever wants to sign up can go. Right. And so if you feel the Lord leading you, then it's up to you to tell us because we're not mind readers and we're not going to know that the Lord is is pursuing you in that way. And if you feel that prompting, I encourage you, pursue it. Talk to us because um, we have the relationships and so we can help you work through that. And so there's working in the camp. There's working in the Oasis Center. 
Um, I think for me, what I realized is I, it probably would be uh, ill use of time for me to go to the refugee camp or for me to go to the Oasis Center. I think the best use of my time would be for me to, for example, um, go visit with those that new church and, and disciple them, or go to Germany to meet with our partners and help them with leadership development, strategic planning. So I think that there is definitely three different types of trips. And depending on your gifting and your maturity level, would depend which type of trip you go on. And I don't mean to say that like one person's mature and one's not, but like if you're not like developing pastors, I'm not gonna bring you to Germany with me to develop pastors. You know what I mean, that kind yeah. of idea. But um, that being said, Gene and I were just talking yesterday about how it would be cool as we're praying if we feel like God is directing us to Leipzig or something like that. Which is in Germany. Which is in Germany, where Michael is. And then maybe it would be completely normal for us to bring eight people so that we can have two cars, David in a car, me in a car, and we bring, so we bring six other people with us to do the type of prayer walking that you would do in New York City or that you would do here. The type of prayer walk, walking you do here is going to be a little different than New York City because in New York City you can be a little bit more aggressive, but you're not going to be that aggressive. Yo, you yeah. want to learn about Jesus? That's right. Give Just me chopping a pizza. It up, chopping it up. Going to downtown of the deli. Yeah. David, you get it. I do get it. Just to clarify a couple things. Thank you, David. Is we have, uh, Bill talked about the Oasis Center. Um, if you're not familiar with the Oasis Center, it is a um, it's a community center yeah, for the refugees to be able to come out of the camp to have some oasis. Yeah, like but they have, tea, biscuits. Yeah, they, they do um, Bible study. Yeah, so that's what the church, oasis center is. There. Yeah, so I think you had mentioned that, and I don't I don't know if our listeners are really uh, in tune with that. In tune with that, it's run by Mennonites. But yeah, if you if you feel I think you know we talk about some of the. We're going to talk about some of the gifts that were work at the trip, but I think, you know, if you, I think first of all, if you have the time, you have to be able to get a month. You got to go to at three least months. for a month. If you want yeah. to go for ten days, you can't go. Period. Yeah. And you know, just talking about maturity, uh, you know, you will see and maybe hear stories that are that are pretty tough. And and ironically enough, they actually, when we were here three years ago, they told us this that people who are Overly empathetic, like I guess the word right, yeah, Not as sympathetic, empathetic, like when you really like feel others' pain, they make terrible relief workers. Yeah, and so like you, you need to be the kind of person who can hear this. And not be cold towards it, but also know how to distance yourself, or you'll just get crushed. Yeah, I agree with that. Like nurses are good with; they know how to like step in and step out of that that type of idea. Yeah. So if you feel the Lord is calling you to that, definitely talk to Bill or I, and we will uh, get you on the right track for that. And let me just make a comment there. Realize it's not because they're being mean. They don't want you there for a week. It's because it actually causes them more work than help. Yeah, because you have to. Tr- there's a lot of training. That there's goes. a ton of training, and so yeah. it's like a, just a burden. Yeah. So they want you to be beneficial for sure. So you said that there was okay. What do you mean? That there was a pl- plurality of gifts at work in this trip. Yeah. So both on the island and back home. Yeah. So this is one of the things that really struck me this time around is that typically when you go on a trip, it's like, well, I'm going on a trip, you know, and um, we're here, we're doing the work. 
bada bing, you know? But this was really a type of trip where there were so many moving parts. And I mean this not because we were super strategic, but because God had moving parts. Like there's certain members of the church who had been praying for the last three years about what to do with the refugees. And then there were people um, in the church who God had put names on their heart. Like one person shared that God had put the name Hassan on her heart and she'd been praying for this Hassan guy for th- like a th- like three months or something like that. And 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 God felt like God was revealing to her that this guy Hassan is going to be a mouthpiece of sharing the gospel among Muslims and just more things than I can even recount, right? And so that was happening. I didn't even know about that, yeah. you know? And then you think God put the idea of this trip in Rachel's heart. Uh, Justin's wife, and because it was put, it wasn't in my heart. It was in Rachel's heart, and then Justin reached out to me early in the year, and he said, "Would you be interested?" And I said, "Yeah, like I'll, I'll pray about it." Like I was kind of neutral at the time, um, but you know, then God put it on. So you had that gift of like prayer and that gift of being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and then Justin reached out again, and he said, hey, would you be willing to go, and I'll pay. So you have this gift of generosity, like where Justin is basically shouldering the cost of the trip for me, with the exception of my food, you know what I mean? And so then you have this gift of generosity. Then you have all these other people praying. You know, then you have um, people holding down the fort at home, whether that's through serving, through helping out, through teaching, pulpit ministry, all these different kinds of things. You know, then you have us going, you have people still praying, people having like these premonition type leadings in prayer that are matching up of like how we are being led and this different kind of stuff. Um, And then you had the fact that because Justin was there, he brought something different from the fact that I was there. Um, Because I was there as a pastor, I think that the people in Kios responded to me differently. Like when I released them and said, you can be a church because it's coming from a pastor, it had a different type of meaning. And so it was almost like you saw this plurality of gifts at work. And because we didn't plan that, it's evidence of the fact that all of this is supernatural. Like this is a supernatural work. Um, and, And that's one of the things that I really took away from this trip was this idea that in the moment, it seemed normal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's only when I recount the story that it seems supernatural. Yeah, does that make sense? Yeah. And so, in, in other words, let me just. Um, I mean, this is we can keep talking, right? Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I was really struck by was the little things, the things, that, the decisions that were made in the moment were. I don't want to say they were they. So they didn't appear to be spiritual decisions. They were just normal decisions. Like, I'll give you an example. Um, so while we have people back in the United States praying about this guy, Hassan, praying about the refugees, praying about these things, seeing his face, literally, as they're praying, seeing their face in their mind's eye, um, in, at, while that's going on, what's happening is we're just kind of doing our thing in Greece. And so as an example— And by doing your thing, you're driving around, you're going to the grocery store, you're— right. Right. So I'll give you an example. We were um, walking from the the harbor to the grocery store, Little, um, and we were walking to Little, and it was kind of hot. And there, off to the left, there were two Africans under a tree, and um, another guy who had just gotten out of Little. He was like carrying a grocery bag, 
and he's walking over to that those other two Africans. But as I like, I start to kind of like like creep down because they were like in like a field below a hedgerow, and then I realized that um, the two guys were like on a phone. One guy was talking on the phone. One guy was like watching YouTube videos. And I just was like, I'm not going to go talk to them. Yeah. And so I just, I made that decision in the moment. I'm not going to go talk to these guys. But there wasn't like a, the spirit a snake me up came up and I was like, don't go near that. Right. Yeah. And so I just didn't walk there because honestly, I didn't feel like it. I mean, it's, it's that quote unspiritual. But what I'm trying to say is what appeared to be unspiritual to us was spiritual to God. So then we keep walking and we, um, and we're kind of like there at the bottom of a hill and there's two Afghans and they're eating ice cream. And we tried to give them Gospels of John, and instead they gave us ice cream, and we ate the ice cream. And we tried to talk with them, but they didn't speak English. And we asked them if they knew where the Oasis Center was, because I'd never been there, right? And they're like, what's up the hill? So because we stopped and talked to those guys and ate ice cream and didn't stop and talk to the Africans, we were on a certain timeline, okay? So then we went up the hill, and we went in, and as we were going in to the Oasis Center, the only people there were these two missionaries, Sam and Bonnie, right? And so we're talking with Sam and Bonnie, um, the Oasis Center was closed now, um, but we just made chit-chat. And then Sam asked us a really loaded question where he basically was like, how has ministry shifted from three years ago when you guys were here to now? And I remember literally Justin said to him, like, do you really want to have this conversation? And he was like, yeah. And so because of that, we took our shoes off, we went into the center, we sat down. That entered into a longer conversation. Again, that wasn't a spiritual decision. That was just, somebody asked a question. Yeah. So then we decide that we're telling them, we're experiencing that. We wind down the conversation. As we're winding down our conversation, Eugene and Fatmata um, come in, which is the couple who had just been delivered from that secret society of demons and all these kinds of things. So you think about that. For us, it was like, eh, I don't feel like talking to that guy. Heck yes, I want an ice cream cone. Do you guys know where the Oasis Center is? Oh, it's up the road. I'm going to be friendly to these people. They don't know me, so I'm going to keep asking questions so that I don't like get their back up. And then they ask me a question. We ask if they really want to talk about this. They say yes. Because that was the timeline of events, the Holy Spirit had it orchestrated where we were in the center when Eugene and Fatmata showed up. And we had heard about Eugene and Fatmata three hours earlier in a testimony from a different person who wasn't even there. And so... You say, well, that was normal and natural. From our perspective, it was super not spiritual. But then from the perspective of the Holy Spirit, everything was supernatural. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So I don't know what to how you summarize that, but it's like there's a physical side and a spiritual side. There's the side that these people praying at home, they saw this spiritual side. Us in the moment, we saw this very physical side. I'm hungry. Let's go into little and get a loaf of bread. You know what I mean? And then you have what God sees, which is the physical and the spiritual together as He pulls it. Yeah. No, I think that that's a great, a great summary and a great um, illustration of that. And and I I like what you said about it's a plurality of gifts. Mm-hmm. You and I, if we're honest, don't function as in 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 more spiritual uh, you know we have a prayer life but it's not we're not we don't function where we're, we're seeing names no god has never gifted me like that and yeah I, and i'm not yeah. saying it doesn't happen yeah it's just never the way god but there are people me. who do and they and they 
use those gifts. Yeah. But your gift, my gift as well, I believe, is is more in training and communication. Yeah. So, like, through that prayer and then that, you know, you train that guy, Hassan, and then it it all kind of ties together. But the... The gift that you have of, of training isn't any more or less important of this you know gift of prayer. But it appears less spiritual. But ultimately, Does that make sense? but ultimately, to God be the glory because yeah. he he's the one that's working all that together. Right. If David had been there next to me, he would have been like, "Oh, Bill's just doing the hub with us on." Yeah. I mean, <laughs> literally, yes. you would have been like, "So it's not like." And in that moment, God gave Bill a word. Yeah. It was like, no, Bill's doing the Acts 2 church circle, and Bill's doing what he does, which is Bill knows where he wants the conversation to go. I mean, David knows me. You guys know me. Um, and But David's done so many trainings with me that it's like at the end of the map, I know where I want this car to go, yeah. and I just keep asking questions to get it there. Yeah. And that's exactly what I was doing. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that for me, that was – it's spiritual because it's spiritual work, but it wasn't because – like, I didn't have a vision or a dream, but yeah. other people did. And that's yeah. what's awesome about it is the way the Holy Spirit pulls it all together. Yeah. So, but yeah, well, I think one thing you said there at the end was that maybe the more spiritual realm may be more exciting to people. Well, yeah, I mean, it sounds awesome. Like, I, I don't, I wish I had those kinds of premonitions. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I love the gifts God has given me. And I feel most alive when I'm using my gifts. You know what I mean? And so I think that it's the same way with you. I'd be willing to bet to everybody that if you, when you find your gift and you use it, it's when the Holy Spirit is most alive in you. It's when you feel the most connected to God. And, um, but, and, but there really is that plurality. It's just really wild when you really think about it. I mean, as an example, one of the people praying for us back at home told us after the fact that they just knew God was going to baptize someone on Friday. And like for me, Justin and I were eating dinner and my whole depth of spirituality towards it was I said to Justin, I was like, maybe we should bring our bathing suit in case someone wants to get baptized tomorrow. Yeah. Because I don't know if these guys are baptized. And so for me, it wasn't like, man, the Holy Spirit is really revealing this. Now, I don't want to get too far off track here, but this is a, this is a question I'm having. Do you think if those folks would have told you ahead of time, I feel like tomorrow you're going to do a baptism, do you think you would have been functioning in the flesh to force you, it to force it yeah i'm actually glad they didn't tell yeah me. yeah it's interesting because i think that if someone had said to me you know like yeah god, we i think god's gonna do this i think i would have forced god to do it yeah you know um because you can bully people into things you know what i mean does that make if that makes sense so yeah, I like a nacho libre when he just like dunks that guy's head yeah yeah, tonight, yeah. tonight we go against satan's cavemen <laughs> well look Glory to God. It's just awesome the way it God is. worked. It is. But it's not because it's like, well, Bill was... Yeah. Trust me. I know Bill. Yeah, you know me. I know Bill. All right. What are we going to do now? Are we going to move on to looking in? Do you have any more stories you want to share? Or? I mean, I have so many stories, but I, I don't... I, I think that... Um, Look, if you want to hear more of Bill's stories... Just invite me over for dinner or something. Come down to the office. We film between 11 and 12. BLT. Bring a BLT. And we'll talk about Greek Greece. Greek Billy. And the more stories. Yeah. So how about we do that? Yeah, that's fine. That? I, I okay. mean, I think that there's so many things I could talk about. Yeah. Invite Billy over. Make him some gyros, some falafel. And I he'll falafel. he'll wear he has a special hat that he only wears in Greece. I didn't bring it. 
you're dead to me. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to look in and talk about the hub class. We're going to talk about prayer. Man, we're talking about prayer a lot today. Praying up. Praying up. All right, well, welcome back to our looking in portion. Um, We're going to do kind of an abbreviated thing here at the end, but... Uh, Bill, I really appreciated you sharing those stories. and I appreciate you, Dave. I appreciate you. But no, it is. It is really cool to see how God worked. Yeah. And as I was learning more about these stories today, it was it was really exciting to hear. So hopefully you were excited as well. David, I'm excited. But I have a question for you. What's that? How did the hub go last week? You launched it off without me. I'm I did. I'm not mad at you. I'm thankful did. for you. How'd it go? It went great. That's all I got to say. It was like, whoa. So That's what it was. Tell me what you did. What did you do? Because I'm supposed to teach you tomorrow. I don't even know what you did. No, the hub went well. We had a good turnout. And we we did more role-playing. I, I Like Dungeons s- & Dragons? Sat at the table. I got my d and I don't even know how to play Dungeons. I'm Dungeon. a paladin. I, <laughs> I would have no idea how to start that joke. but um, so Because I never played D&D. You did I. I didn't, yeah. honestly. All right. So, no, we sat at the table, and we wanted to model what does it look like to disciple someone? What does it look like to sit at the table with a cup of coffee and say, we're going to go through the Bible, and I'm going to teach you how to be a follower of Jesus? And that's what we did. So we sat down, and I sat with TJ. Um, I brought him up, and we we did a discovery Bible study on 2 Corinthians 5, which talks about being a... uh, being reconciled to Christ, being a new creation. And then I taught, took him through our triangle of, you know, up in and out, up in and out, connect to God, his family, his mission, which is what we model here on the, on the podcast. That's right. So that was easy. And then he, in turn, um, he took my seat and then Hannah came up and then he did the same lesson with Hannah to kind of, how do you do disciples? He did great. He's a good guy. He did really, really well. And um, yeah, so it was like disciples, training disciples to make disciples, make disciples. So you modeled, so let me just, uh, so what you did was you essentially modeled what a first time, first touch meeting might look like. Yeah, so if someone comes to you, this is a believer, this is a, a younger believer, comes to you and says, I want to be discipled, uh, you know, what is discipleship? You say, let's grab a cup of coffee. We're going to sit at the table, and we're going to read the Bible together. Okay. And I basically modeled that first touch of what that first meeting would look like. and um, Which is really uh, like what David and I would say is an assessment meeting. It's like yes. trying to figure out where this person yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And then we found out if, if this person can't quite truly explain what the gospel is, or they don't quite understand what their identity is in Christ, we can say, okay, we're going to or read like a they couple. Call, they keep calling Jesus Jebus. <laughs> yes, that would be a red flag. Well, you know, Jeebus. Yeah, or they don't really understand. Like we talked about, because the, the passage says, we are now uh, reconcilers. We have been given the, the message of reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. Right. And we talked about, well, what is we? Well, we, we is the church. Right. And those of us who have been reconciled gather together and be the church. And if if someone can't say can say what the church is, or, well, yeah. I don't need to be a part of a church. I'm kind of a lone ranger. I'm That's doing right. this on my own. Just me and Paul. We can say, okay, well, for the next couple of weeks, we're going to read passages about what it means to be a part of a church. That's good. 
So it's like a rubric for evaluating kind of where somebody's at. And this is for believers. This yes, isn't you wouldn't yes. do this with your non-Christian neighbor. Yeah. Week uh That's week a discovery four. Bible study, creation of Christ, something like that. Yeah. That would be like week four or five. We'll talk about that. Yeah. David, good job. Proud so, of you. I thought it, I thought it went well. So. Um well, David thinks it went well. If you agree, leave a comment. That's good. Smash if that you, like button. If you disagree, leave a comment. <laughs> Smash like now. Oh man. Subscribe. So tomorrow night is the hub as well. Yeah. Uh, to and and tomorrow, what's the topic? Because we did we rebranded the hub through A B C D and E. To yeah. So tomorrow would be A. Yeah. Abide. Abide. Abide in the Word. In prayer. Oh, we can talk. What the what? By the time this is up, by the time this is posted, we'll have the new prayer wheel. Whoa! Video. David. Bam. Audio. Yeah. David, so, would you give a, a little plug right now? Yeah. So Bill and I recorded. Well, Bill did the. I mean, I hit record. Bill did all the talking, and then I'll edit it. Because it's a plurality of gifts. It's a plurality of gifts. Bill's some got, of us are good at talking. Bill's got that sweet prayer got voice. That sweet prayer voice. <laughs> Welcome to the one hour of prayer, ladies and gentlemen. And this uh, is no. smooth jazz with Billy. So we recorded a a video and audio for one hour of prayer. So. And, and we rebranded it to be more Revolve. Yeah, because the one we have shared before, we liked, but it used like some words that were maybe a little bit confusing for yeah. people. And so but this we, feels more like Revolve. And then we talk about you know praying for the elders and praying for our missional partners and things right. like that, using the language that, that we use here at Revolve. And uh, so that's going to be a great tool. I can't to be wait. Able to. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. It's got footage from David. Yeah, it's so relaxing. It's like you're looking out at the bay just praying. So if you it literally is the bay, isn't it? The you, ferry. Yeah, it's the inlet. Man. Yeah. So, so if Kate you May. So if you can you could go down to the bay, put your headphones on, have an hour of prayer. And just listen to me talk. Or you could just put your YouTube on. Yeah. Sit really close to the screen. And have an hour of prayer. And, and I, feel I don't, like you're I don't at the talk bank. for an hour. It's like I introduce the section like... No, literally confession. you talk for like a minute and a half. Yeah, it's not a lot of prayer. It's not a lot of Bill talking. But it's say, Bill saying, okay, for the next five minutes, take some time to pray for the elders that we may have wis- wisdom to make the right... Dis- See, I can't even... I Do can't I sound even. good? Oh, you sound great, Billy. Man, you're I like, can't wait to hear it. Yeah, I, I, I bumped the low end up, so you sound like like a, <laughs> like a like a radio DJ. Yeah, what was this that is, guy? This is Bear Man and the Keith. What was that guy? The the chocolate rain guy. The chocolate rain. I can't believe. Oh yeah, chocolate rain. Yep. So that's Man, how I, I can't made believe. Sound. I can't believe someone beside me remembered chocolate rain. That was like the first viral video on YouTube. All right, we're gonna take a quick break. We can't meet, go as long as Breton went last week. He was like an hour and a half. Yeah, let's had, cut had it short. Thin. Cut it short. Chocolate rain. All right. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to do... Uh, looking out, we'll which we really out. did. We did do that. But let's. you can share the church plant story. I think that's a good story. The one I shared yesterday? No, because they texted you afterwards oh, yeah, last yeah, yeah, night. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Let's just take a break. Billy and I are going to reconvene and... Chocolate rain. <laughs> Well, welcome back to Looking Out. Billy has a, I mean, he's been looking out. We, Bill's been telling so many stories about looking out. But we did get, he talked yesterday at church about this this new... First this Church of Kios. First Church of Kios that has been planted. These four believers that feel now empowered to, to gather as a church and to work towards uh, health, 
You know, they're obviously not a healthy church because they're they're still young, but we're going to help them to develop into a healthy church. Yeah. And uh, but last night, as the elders were uh, were praying, they sent you a text that they had met for their first Sunday church. Yeah. So they texted us all day yesterday, <clears throat> um, and it was really cool because what they were doing was they were we gave them a, a tract, uh, like a track of. Um, Bible passages, like a discovery track on discovering healthy spiritual community, which is on our website under resources on the back of the discipleship group bookmark. And they just were going through those passages and they were reading the Bible passage um, and recording it on WhatsApp so they could send the Bible passage to their family and friends back in Sierra Leone. Whoa. Yeah. Right there. That was whoa. whoa. That was a whoa, whoa right there. And so I'm uptight. And so I, I corrected them, and I said, this is great what you're doing. And I said, why don't you just tack on at the end the discovery questions? What does this teach about God? What does this teach about man? What should we do? Who should we tell? I thought it was really cool. And they were like, that's a great idea, Billy. That they had never, that you downloaded the version app for them. Yeah. And they, they were, were hearing... Mind blown. Their mind, their, their, the Bible being read in their own language. In Creole, yep. That's pretty cool. Well, you know what's interesting about that is I, I, so I set up all their phones to have it in Creole, and they asked me to change it to English because they can hear Creole, but they can't read Creole. Interesting. Yeah, I was a little surprised by that. So I set it up with the New Living Translation. That was an interesting thing for me as well, by the way. I, want, I don't belabor this point, but it made me realize um, that if you're doing ministry internationally or cross-culturally, you really can't use the English Standard Version. It's way too hard. It's like a 12th grade reading level. And so um, that kind of was like, oh, this is an interesting thing because, you know, sometimes we can be dogmatic about those different translations. You have your preferred translation. But when I'm overseas, absolutely, I use the New Living. Yeah. We actually talked about it at the Hub. Did you really? Yeah. We talked about um, maybe if you're doing the... um, that initial study with someone using the New Living Translation. Yeah, or because the even, even the ESV was a little clunky. Yeah, the NIV or the NLT are both good translations. Man, we both learned something this week. I, You know what? Learn something new every day, David. All right, so we're bringing this plane in for a landing. we got to mm-hmm. put the, the landing gear down. So what's the call to action? Rapid fire. Oh, uh, looking up. What can people do this week? Looking up. What's I don't know, David. You do it. What's, what's the, the sermon up? on? Oh, oh yeah, thanks. Um, the sermon's on Leviticus twenty-four. You have to forgive Billy. It's like it's like two in the morning for him. He has yeah. jet lag. Jet lag, Billy. Um, yeah, Leviticus twenty-four. Read Leviticus twenty-four in preparation for Sunday, and it's Mother's Day, so we picked a great passage for it because yeah. it's about eye for an eye. Oh, so great. moms, you can just smack those kids, poke their eyes out. Looking in, looking in. I would say, do you want me to do this? Do it, do it. I'm sorry, go on, do it. Uh, Looking in is, I would say, to be praying. Praying for your, uh, praying for your people in your DG, praying for those in your church. Um, Yeah, and realize that we're a whole body. We are a body of believers that all have different gifts, different talents, but we need to be praying for one another and lifting one another up. That wasn't very rapid. That's good. But looking out. Looking out, I'm going to say, ask God to show you if he wants you to go to Greece. That's great. You know? Leviticus 20. 24. Praying for your church and also that God would reveal your gifts, which are used to serve the church. Yep. And then pray about if God wants you to go overseas. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen. 
thanks so much for tuning in. Billy, it's good to have you back. Uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Next week we'll, you know, be a little more structured maybe. Yeah. Well, I won't be coming back from Greece. But this was uh, this was good to hear these stories. And, again, if you have any questions, email us questions. We love to answer the questions. Leave us comments if you're watching on the YouTube. Subscribe. Share with a friend. All right. And check out that new prayer wheel thing. Guess where it is? In the info yeah. below. I'm going to link it below. I made Subscribe. A note. Is it over here? Who knows? I don't know. See you later. <laughs>